You're listening to the Independent News Hour. I'm your host, John Tarleton, editor in chief of the Independent New York City's progressive newspaper and website. Uh, for our second segment, we're going to look at a, a group of New Yorkers that has been especially hard hit by the COVID uh, pandemic, uh, which is the unhoused. It's hard to shelter in place when you don't have a home to go to, and it's impossible to maintain six feet of social distance in the city's homeless shelters. Uh, earlier this summer, the city moved about 300 unhoused men into the Hotel Lucerne at 76th and Broadway on the affluent Upper West Side. Controversy ensued with some neighborhood residents denouncing the presence of their new neighbors, while other local residents came out in support of the men at the Lucerne. The de Blasio administration recently won a court ruling that would allow them to move the men to another site far away from the Upper West Side. That ruling is currently under appeal. And uh, joining us this evening uh, to talk for a few minutes about the situation is Shams LeBaron, one of the men who has been staying at the Lucerne. Shams, welcome welcome to the show. Hello, how you doing? Can you hear me well? Yep, can hear you, uh, hear you perfectly. Uh, yes, so yes, yes. I, um, I, I know we don't have a lot of time here, but uh, real quickly, <clears throat> can you tell us about yourself and what was going on in your life before you uh, moved into the Hotel Lucerne? Yes, sir. Well, okay. I mean, uh, my mother and father were uh, heroin addicts from the late 60s and 70s. I'm a product of the foster care system who was put in foster care at the age of two. I grew up there um, from home to home at some point and then in a stable home, you know, after another point when I was five years old. And I came at a time when we, uh, when the influx, when the development of hip hop culture first came into play, and I was a product of that. I hope to develop hip hop culture. It wasn't called hip hop back then, but uh, so I have a rich history in that aspect. But at the same time, I have that unique position of having been in foster care. At a certain point, ten years old, twelve years old is when I started experiencing. Homelessness. I was uh, um, placed in a group home, and because of the conditions in the group home, I chose to stay more in the streets than in the group home. And that's when I learned how to ride the trains and go different places to uh, to to you know to be safe and stuff like that. So you know, I have a long history of dealing with homelessness and being in the streets, et cetera, et cetera. Um, not everything is gloom and doom. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, a lot of great things that I've I've experienced and that I've actually accomplished in life. Um, I've had houses, I've had condos and townhouses, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not all homelessness. But as a single adult uh, trying to make my way now, I ended up in the shelter system as I tried to seek help for substance abuse, disorder, which my substance use was attributed to my alcoholism and for mental illness. So I came here and and got into the shelter specifically to get those services. And uh, so that's why I'm here right now. Right. And with the pandemic going on and and everything else, uh, what has it meant for you and the other men to be able to stay at the Lucerne? Well, before the pandemic or, or when the pandemic first hit, we were in the congregate shelters. And the congregate shelters were so dangerous. It was like 
you know, um, it was a lot of fear. It was a lot of anxiety. If you are a person that are experiencing or, or dealing with substance use disorder or mental illness, all of that it was exasperated. It was increased because of the stress and the anxiety associated, associated with, um, you know, just that fear that if you get sick, you might die. And with everything that came on in the news, it, and, you know, it was just, it was scary. The other side of that is that the congregate shelters that we come from, we're not equipped to actually deal with this pandemic. So if you study the, the statistics, it shows that 63% or I believe it's 63% of the homeless population of those that were in congregate shelters, their mortality rate, death rate, was 63% higher than the overall population in New York at the height of the pandemic. So we were 63% more likely to die from the, from the, from this uh, disease, this virus, than people all through the city when they were dying, like, like wholesale. So that just shows you the danger that existed in these congregate shelters. And so just imagine the fear accompanied with that. And that's what we had to undergo, and, 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 and that's where we were at when the uh, pandemic first came into existence. We didn't have, um, you know, they said masks, but masks wasn't necessary, so that wasn't even an issue. But we didn't even have things like uh, sanitizer. We didn't have soap, and these were the basic things that they did say would protect you. We didn't have that. We were right. in dorm-style settings that it – Totally, there's no way of social distancing. You know, at one point, they kept throwing us into the streets, which unfortunately would either allow us to get the virus or to transfer the virus at a time when they told everybody else to stay indoors. We didn't have no indoors to go to because their policy was to throw them in the streets, you know, after a certain time. So we had to fight to be able to stay indoors and hopefully try to be protected. And that didn't work because it didn't take long before the virus spread throughout the shelter. And I myself contracted the virus and almost died as a result of, 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 mm. of the virus. And, and what can you talk uh, just for a minute about the reception you've received uh, on the Upper West Side? Uh, some of your new neighbors uh, uh, have, have been very critical of um the move of, of people to the Lucerne and others have really rallied to your support. Well, on one hand, you know, before we came, you got to remember that the, the real, the ball was dropped by the city of New York. DHS placed us here without notifying the community across the board. They gave not only the community about three, three days notice, not only the residents of the, of uh, project renewal shelters, three days notice, but they also gave the service provider, the people that is overseeing us, they gave them three days' notice. They didn't alert anybody as to the, this move and give anything, anybody a chance to question it, to point out their views or concerns or whatever the case is. They just said, y'all moving. And that caused a negative backlash because people, you know, the word from DHS was, we're dropping 283 people dealing with substance abuse and mental illness into your community. Naturally, there was going to be a backlash. 
I was their biggest advocate. I said something's not is going to happen, and it's not going to be good for the community. It's not going to be good for us. And everything I said happened just as I said it would happen. Mm. Because DHS tries to sneak people into communities and drop them in, what happens is when the community starts to see, you know, new faces and different things that may be not uh, – the way the community is, whether it's quality of life or whatever, it's going to be a problem. But this is not our fault. We go where they tell us to go. This is DHS fault because had they done their due diligence, they would have engaged the community. What concerns do you have? Okay, let's see how we could mitigate those concerns. You know, what do you have in your community that could assist us in making this transition better? It's only temporary and it's under the auspices of this COVID pandemic, but we don't want to negatively affect you. We respect your community. They didn't do right, nothing. Right. And, and we, we have to go here in, in one minute. So, um, you know, I understand the, the case is uh, currently on appeal, and, and we'll see how see how that goes. But uh, if y'all do have to move uh, out of the Lucerne to uh, another destination, uh, real quick, can you talk about how that would uh, impact you all and, and you know, why you would rather stay at the Lucerne? Well, we'd rather stay because uniquely to this experience is that although the initial uh, movement had a negative backlash and things weren't in place and et cetera, et cetera. We stepped to the occasion. You know, first thing I did as an advocate for my, my, my fellow residents and, and the community was I convinced Project Renewal to bring in their recovery center, which is the outpatient group, to service us. I also, and they stepped up and brought in occupational therapy, recreational programs, different things, and made use of the uh, recreational space. Other organizations stepped up like Open Hearts Initiative, which was already just jumping. They didn't step in because I said it. They did that on their own. The same with started Riverside, which provided 50 jobs for us. So we did a lot of things that the, the problem is that when we go to a new to this new community they're trying to send us to, none of that exists. So they're right. going to try to reproduce it. But why would you break something? Why would you try to change something that's not broke? Why would you try to fix something that's not broke? And and that was the biggest concern. And the, and I'm like with the information that's coming to me now, those services are not going to be reproduced there. They're going to try as best they could, but it's not on the same level because they're trying to do it. And at the end of the day, everything that we've done here is community based, is project renewal based, and it's uh, 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 resident based. We all in this together, right? Oh, uh, we're we're gonna have to leave it there. But that's really great to hear that that you all have uh, you know found a a place in that community, and and we w- wish you all the best with being able to stay there. Uh, uh, Shams LeBaron, thank you so much for joining us this evening on uh, WBAI. Can I say one last thing. Uh, we we really we like fifteen seconds, and then we have to move on. All right, all right, no problem. 